okay, so if Will's think that Megan is Will, uh, rude and abrasive, like, obviously she is. Like, she must be. She, like, lived near near her for, like, a couple years, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, no, I, I believe it. I believe that piece of it. And I just think, like, what a ridiculous thing. You know, you're trying to make your brother look like a jerk when you just look like an idiot because you let your brother shove you into a dog dish. Welcome to the Earthshaking Conversations podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Cynthia Wilson. She is very famous on TikTok for talking about our favorite couple ever, Harry and Meghan. How are you? Oh, I'm good, Clarina. Thank you for having me. My gosh, what a pleasure. <laughs> no problem. I'm like such a fan of your account and I've been for a long time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So I think we have to start talking about the book Spare. <laughs> As let if we didn't already my, have a conversation. Let, let me just get my Freud textbook out here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you buy the creepy energy book? <laughs> I, I like I, I have an Audible membership, so I actually got it for free on Audible. So not only do I have the pleasure of seeing the cover on my phone, like the cover, I actually get to listen to Harry narrate the whole book. Isn't that amazing? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, like, try to find one of the clips because it's literally the funniest thing. I'm sure you've already heard it, but, um, yeah, so... Yeah, what are your thoughts about the book just generally? <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, I think that it's... I, I don't know what he was thinking, to be honest. Like, I get that he needs to tell my... Like, it's my story, and he needs to talk about things out. I truly was expecting to hear more about just his life kind of growing up and just like this is the experiences that I had and talking about Africa and talking about his military time and talking about those kinds of things and I'm still in the first half where he's talking primarily about his childhood and one of the first things that got me was first of all right off the kick he talks about his mom passing away like that's like instant like mm -hmm. one of the first thing he talks about um and then he sort of goes into like his upbringing and immediately the first thought that came into my head was what an entitled pompous little man he is. <laughs> um, he had an incredibly entitled childhood, incredibly entitled, like mm -hmm. nothing any of us could ever imagine. And then the other thing that sort of jumped into my head right off the bat um, was he went on for two chapters about the architecture of Balmoral Palace. Interesting. Yeah. And I was like, who wrote this? Because <laughs> I'm like, what man talks about architecture for two chapters? Like it just was, it was long two chapters, to be honest. Um, but yeah, my, my thoughts so far. And then of course I've skipped through a little bit in the second half because we're all getting these little clips of all the funny stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually not what I expected. I expected it to be just sort of more of a, of a nice memoir. Like that's what I was expecting. And 
No, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't read it. I'm only reading like, well, I, I'm, I'm only listening to your TikToks and the clips oh. on. Twitter, oh dear. But, <laughs> you know, anyways, um, but like from what I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be like a memoir, just like detailing his childhood. And I thought there was going to be like a couple jabs at the royal family, but not as many as there actually are, which I was very surprised about. One, um, one chunk that got me really, I kind of, I, I couldn't wrap my head around was he talks about uh, when his father, when King Charles comes and tells him that his mom has passed, you know, been in the accident and she's passed away. And he talks about how cold his father was about it and how unloving he was and all of these things. But he actually goes into quite a lot of detail. And he talks about how his dad sat on his bed and put his hand on his on his leg and said, my boy, I have to tell you something that's, you know, I have to tell you something that's important. You need to listen. And, you know, and, and the words that he uses, he's like, you know, my dad said, my boy this and my boy that. And he sort of like rubbed my leg as he was telling me and told me that it would be okay. And I'm like, that's like really loving. <laughs> it's really nurturing. Yeah. Like, how are you not finding that nurturing? Like, what did you think he was going to do? Plus, King Charles was in his own state of shock, finding out, even though they were divorced. I mean, he himself was still in a state of shock. And I just thought, like, why do you find that cold and distant? Like, mm -hmm. I don't think that's cold and distant. Um, I thought that was quite lovely. And there's other scenes where his, you know, his father called him my boy a lot and arms around his shoulders a lot for things and, and a few other spots. And. I just thought, I thought that was quite lovely. To be honest, I was kind of like, hmm, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, my my initial thoughts about Harry is that just, I think he's a permanent victim. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've been saying this for months. Like, I was telling, you know, one of my friends this. She's like, she really doesn't like Meghan Markle. And I was like, unfortunately, Meghan Markle might be the catalyst to this, but I think he's always been a victim and he's always blamed ever like his mother's death on every little thing he does and you know he just gives me that energy i know a lot of men who are like that or i used to know a lot of men who are like that and you know it's like they're someone in their family died and they'll literally like go through for three days and then come back and be like oh my god it's because my grandma died five years ago and it's like no it's not <laughs> Right? Like, you sort of reach an age. Like, this man is going to be, I believe he's 40. Like, he was mm -hmm. 38 when they got married. Like, I, I believe he's turning 40. And it's kind of like, at some point, you're turning 40 years old, and you're telling us how much therapy you've had. You know, you have to start taking responsibility for your behavior and your actions at some point, even the shitty ones, like even the ones that are like, not good. You have to say, yeah, I screwed up. I did that. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I was a messed up kid because my mom passed away and I grew up in this really crazy, weird environment. Um, but wow, looking back at it, Jesus, kind of a little jerk because he was a little jerk as a kid. He, he was a jerk. He wasn't a nice kid and he wasn't a nice young adult. Um, this has come out a lot, too, about talking about when he was at Eton at school and he talks about the matrons particularly the one that had like, she had a health condition and she wasn't physically attractive and he was vicious to her and he still teased her in the book. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you're a 40 year old man teasing someone who had a health condition, who did her best. And boy, isn't she lucky to have been your matron at your school? Like, 
you know, and how he'd laugh at her and make fun of her and all these things. And he was still, you could hear it in his voice. That's the interesting thing. It's kind of why I wanted to do the audible book versus reading it. Still going to get a physical copy because I got some things I want to dig into with my intro to psych on Freud textbook. Um, but I wanted to hear his voice as he's reading it. Cause I wanted to hear like, in what areas is he kind of disassociative, which he is when he's talking about his mother's death and what areas is he like laughing? Is he having fun? Which his school years, he's delighted by his school years. Like clearly his school years were, even though they were tough in some ways, they weren't tough in other ways, but he was quite the little jokester. Like he calls himself a jokester. Oh, I, you know, hid my own, suppressed my own sadness by making other people laugh, which happens, but he did it with like really mean little things. <laughs> Um, that he still thinks are funny. Yeah, and what's in what's interesting about the matron thing is that, mm -hmm. as we know, Harry is a self-proclaimed feminist, okay? Mm -hmm. Red flag in itself, in my opinion, but okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then he, like, goes and he mocks a woman like that, especially a woman with a disability or, like, health issues. Like, that's pretty disgusting. <laughs> it It is, and to me, it's like you can look back and reflect on that and think in my teenage years, I may have found that funny, but geez, that, you know, a 40 year old man, maybe that wasn't so funny. I, I would sure hope nobody's doing that to her now. Like there's ways to kind of own it, <laughs> say it yeah. happened, but I'm owning it now. And gosh, I sure hope my kids never do that. Like, you know, and just take some ownership for it. He doesn't take any ownership for anything he does, but yeah. So that was a spot too. And even the sexualization of his matrons, he talks about mm -hmm. the physically attractive ones. He talks about the physically attractive ones. And he talks about the bathing, that they bathe you before you're 13, before you hit puberty. They bathe you. And how nice it was to be bathed by these physically attractive matrons. And I'm just like, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's a weird thing coming out of a 40-year-old. Like, I could see if he was writing it as a 13-year-old. Yeah. But like you're 40 you're married to an older woman you have two kids at this point and and you're gonna behave like this yeah it's yeah. really weird <laughs> i agree i was like where's the wine oh i need more like <laughs> honestly like send me your address i'll send you some wine <laughs> oh, girl, I'm all over it. and maybe be on my liver donor list please because uh, I, hear there's more, I hear there's more books coming so <laughs> Oh, speaking about the liver donor list, um, Harry, did you see that part where Harry thought he was spare parts? Yes. Quite literally spare parts. He, and he talks about that. Like there's a chunk of the, of the, of the, like I said, I'm in the first half. There's a chunk of it where, yeah, he's talking about, I was nothing but spare parts. If he needed, like, if something happened and he had an accident and he needed like an organ, he talks about like organs, being an organ donor to William. And I'm like, that's so not normal. <laughs> what is wrong I mean, with you? First of all, if William did like need a part and he was a donor, I sure hope that he would offer to give his organ, first of all. And then second of all, it's just such a victim mentality like thing. Right. Right? Like, it's just so unbelievably self-obsessed and self-absorbed to the point where he's like, I didn't get the bigger room at, like, Balmoral. He had, the, like, the view with the mountain. <laughs> like, you're the little brother. That's the way that it works. Like, 
yes, like he's talking about the bedroom. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then he was also talking about when he went to Eden, how his brother didn't want anything to do with him. Oh, Willie didn't want anything to do with me. Will told me not to talk to him and do this and do that. I have two children who are within two years of each other who went to the same junior high, high school all the way through. Oh yeah, you better believe, you better believe they didn't want to even acknowledge each other in school, like nothing. They want mm -hmm. nothing to do with each other. It's like, you're weird. I don't like you. I don't like you. You dress weird. Don't talk to my friends. That's normal. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. it wasn't so long ago that I was in high school with my sister, who's only a year younger. And in, like, I was a little bit different because I was like a little bit like, I'm the oldest, hmm. but my sister was the popular one. And my sister did not want anything to do with me in high school. No, no. it's, totally you know, <laughs> and she, like, I got the bigger room. Like I got the room with the view. <laughs> my youngest I has got... the bigger room <laughs> over her older sister. She's more of a, a little bit more, uh, assertive than my, than her older <laughs> sister. So she got the bigger room. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was born first, and I got the walk-in closet, and I still have the walk. Like, I still have my parents' room. I still have a room at my parents' house. My sister doesn't. So, <laughs> but are you gonna are you gonna write a memoir and do you keep a lock of your mother's hair on your nightstand? Like, <laughs> oh my god, let's get into that. <laughs> I just can't with that. I can't. So he talks about how Fergie brought him a blue box and when his mother passed and it was a lock of, of his mother's hair, which in itself is not, is not weird. Like within itself, it's like, okay, I have a lock of my mother's hair and it's in a special box and I, I put it in a special place and it's there. You're a grown ass married man. Why do you have it on your nightstand? Why? And why do you talk about how it helped you conceive your child? Again, <laughs> I can't believe that he thinks of his mother while he's conceiving his child. I can't believe Megan would want him thinking of his mother. Well, <laughs> like if, if my husband said to me, Hey babe, so I just want to let you know that, um, you know, when we're doing it, I think of my mom. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, babe, I think you need to get a lawyer. Um, and I'm suing you for divorce. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? like uh, no. <laughs> it's okay. When I read that, I was like, first of all, I see what Megan's doing there. Like, she's a narcissist. Like, I think we've established that. Yeah. And she, you know, impersonates her his mother and she uses his perfume and she does his manner like megan is an actress and megan is nothing like diana like nothing yeah. like she's yeah. first of all she's 35 years old and you know or sorry she's like 40 years old but she was like yeah. 35 when she got in the royal family and yeah. diana was 36 when she died so and big difference yeah 19 when she married yeah. charles like yeah yeah exactly and then sorry go ahead Oh, sorry. And I mean, Diana, like even after her and Charles divorced and she was out, you know, out of the Royal family, I mean, I'm sure she was bitter in some ways. What Charles did was cruel. I mean, he wasn't, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody will deny that. I think he loved her in his way, but it just, he didn't want to be with her. It was completely mm -hmm. an arranged marriage. He did not want to be with her. Um, 
she had some, some course to say, Hey, like I was treated poorly. I was basically a child bride married to an older man who didn't want to be with me to pop out the future King. Like that's what her job was. Um, but she just took it with some grace and just, I mean, yeah, she had mental health and she had all her stuff going on. Um, but I mean, she didn't write it, you know, she didn't write a scathing memoir and she didn't have a Netflix docuseries. Like, she just, mm-hmm. she just said, great, I'm free. I can use my name for good, which she totally did. Um, I can use my name to continue having a nice, comfortable lifestyle, which she did, let's be honest. Um, but she wasn't scathing against the royal family. Not like that. Yeah, and the interview that she did with Martin Bashir, she, spe- she never disrespected the royal family. Never. No, she- and that was that was such a different scenario. Like she really, she got bamboozled in that interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like she was on the phone with Buckingham palace, like 15 minutes after it finished and said, uh, I think I screwed up. Uh, I think I said some things I wasn't supposed to say. Uh, you know what I mean? Whereas, Yeah. yeah. Cause she knew, she knew. And you could see it when you watch her in the interview, you could see there's a level of discomfort that she starts to have where she's realizing she's because she was smart. Diana was smart. She realizes mm. she's been bamboozled. Yeah. Yeah. And, but even in that interview, you know, like a lot of people use that interview. Well, you know, Diana did the Martin Bashir interview. Charles did his interview. Why doesn't Harry d- do his own interview? She never disrespected the queen. First of all, she never disrespected the Royal family. She never disrespected the institution. She talks shit about her husband, her ex-husband, which is fine. Like you can totally do that. I definitely wouldn't recommend doing it, but if you want to, that's fine. But it's a whole other level when you go and you disrespect the queen who just died. Like I know. Yeah. You and know, the like the whole, did you watch the docuseries at all? I did. I watched all of it. Okay. The whole curtsy thing. It was like, it was gross. It was unnecessary. And the look on Harry's face when she did it. I know. I, I looked at his face. I actually, well, I, I saw it quite a few times because of TikTok and stuff, and I see so it I still today. Rewound it and did it slow, and I'm like, oh, he's not happy. <laughs> yeah, like gross, unnecessary, and we all know that Fergie was actually at that luncheon and actually came out and showed Megan how to do a curtsy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and it's first know. of all, you don't curtsy like that. Like you just like yeah, it's, it's very simple. Like, you don't even, like, you see Kate doing it. It's not that hard. But, you know, she's so dramatic and she's so, like, I know that you did your, like, podcraft series. I love that. (laughs) Archetype. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's so theatrical and so scripted and so, like, and it just was such such an unnecessary disrespectful thing like it just wasn't it wasn't necessary and everybody was like well why would netflix allow it to have stayed in the queen had passed away why would netflix because netflix is out to make money netflix doesn't give a shit about anybody's feelings netflix is out to make money and the only way they're going to make money is controversy is you know scathing content like look at the the dahmer uh show like there's families that have come out um victims of jeffrey dahmer that are pissed right off at Netflix for that show. And Netflix is like, we don't care. 
wouldn't care. Yeah. Like, we make money. That's what we do here. Same with his book. Like, everybody's like, why would his publisher allow and not go in and edit some of the stuff out? It's like, because they paid him $25 million. They need to sell books. A boring, basic memoir of Harry is not going to sell. This, this is selling because people are like, no, he did not say that. And they're running out to, you know, Cole's bookstore where it's on sale right now. Um, <laughs> and they're buying it because they're like, no, what pages did he say that? Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I had to verify. So, like, I actually want to play the clip. Hmm. <laughs> Of, it's honestly the funniest thing. I'm going to have a hard time not laughing, but I don't know how this is going to work, but can you see it? Okay. My penis was also extremely sensitive. The last place I wanted to be was just near this town. I've been trying some home remedies, including one recommended by a friend. He urged me to apply Elizabeth Arden. My mum used it on her lips. You want me to put that on my cudgel? It works, Harry. Trust me. I'm a kid. The minute I opened it, smell transported me from time. It felt as if my mother was right there in the room. And I took a stench and applied it <laughs> down there. I had to play it. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Okay. I I use Elizabeth Arden. Like... <laughs> <laughs> my skincare oh shit (laughs) (laughs) is that what you use i use a couple of different things but that is one of my go-tos i haven't touched it since i heard that (laughs) i haven't touched it i can't do it i can't believe that so when that came out i was like (laughs) okay let me like verify that that's true because i literally thought they just like chat gpd it you know like they just ai'd it and they made it up and I had to confirm. I was like, is this real? Because I'm not going to post something that's not real, especially not something like that. And then it was real. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's the way he says it too. I, I Todger. That's why I had to play it because I was like. <laughs> <sighs> oh, I just can't even. I can't even. I can't even. Like. I, I can't even. It's just ridiculous. Like, how in your mind do you think, like, that's an appropriate thing to put in a book? Like, <laughs> it smelled like my mother. Oh, my God. Like, again, Freud. Freud. He's, like, like, thinking of her while, like, rubbing it on his, like, thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly. I couldn't believe it. No, honestly, Sigmund Freud is, like, trying to leap out of his grave right now. He's like, yes, this is what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) This is it. Ophidia's complex. This is it. Oh, my God. I have no clue who that is, but I feel like Diana is, like, leaping out of her grave right now, being like, what the hell, man? Like... Can you imagine? Like, everybody's like always like, oh, Diana would be so proud of him. And he married, you know, the Harkles. You know, oh, Diana would be so proud of him. And Diana would be so, you know, in love with Megan and stuff like that. It's like, really, you think? Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. If, yeah. If they had left with Grace 
And they had left the UK and the royal family and bought a nice house in Montecito and just said, we are going to raise our children here. Um, we are going to heal from our time in the royal family. We've set up, you know, uh, we've set this foundation up. We've got some charities we're going to do work with. Um, we're going to write a book, but it's going to be it's not like this. But like just this was kind of our experience in a nutshell. This is what we're moving on for. She would be proud of him because she didn't like being in the royal family. And she didn't want that for him. William doesn't have a choice, but Harry always did. But mm -hmm. this is not. This is this is not. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think that he would be with Megan today if Diana was alive. I don't either. Because Megan no. preyed on his mommy issues. And also the other thing I wanted to mention is mm. I don't know if it's appropriate to say this, but I don't think Princess Diana, if she was alive today, would actually be very popular. You don't think so? No. No, I think that she only... She became, like, a martyr, basically, mm -hmm. when she died. Because when she... I mean, I wasn't really around but when she was still alive. But I've heard that she... Like, her popularity was plummeting. And then she mm -hmm. died. And everyone was like, oh, my God, Princess Diana. Which makes sense. It, yeah. it happened with Elvis. It happened with Michael Jack. Like, yeah. a lot of people, right? Um but yeah, I, I think that because of like the racial tensions, first of all, she's yeah. not black. She's not uh, like, she's not a different race. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, they go after the royal family. Why? Because they're rich, because they're privileged, because they've yeah. lived privileged lives. And I think that's the same with Diana. Diana would have been in this group. You know, mm -hmm. and I also think that her and Charles might have gotten back together, but that's another. I think, I think that, they might have. Yeah, I think she would have remarried. To be honest, I think she would have remarried. Um, yeah. I could have seen her. Yeah, I think she would have remarried. Probably somebody extremely wealthy. I mean, Diana was accustomed to a very specific lifestyle. Um, I don't know that Charles would have been allowed to marry Camilla had mm -hmm. Diana uh, not passed away. Which would have been interesting, considering that, I mean, Camilla's the queen consort now. I don't know if she'd be allowed to hold that role uh, if they weren't married. I don't think she, I don't think she would be. But they were living together. Um, mm -hmm. I think Diana had moved on from Charles, to be honest. I think she was relieved to be away from him. I think she was relieved to be out of that family. I think she missed her children. Very much so. Um, but I think she was relieved to be away from it all. I think there's some truth to what you say. I don't know. Eventually, as she got older, um, her popularity may have waned. And it may just may have changed. It just may have changed what her popularity looked like. Um, I mean, I guess we'll never know. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think, yeah. I don't think that she would have made a good queen consort. <laughs> and I have said this out loud on, on TikTok. Um, I don't think she had the mental capacity to do the job. She struggled so much just being Princess Diana. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. I, yeah. I think she I think she would have made a great like mother of the king. Yeah. But I think that she yeah, she wouldn't have done a good job mm -hmm. as Queen Consort, like no. or as Queen, because it's not really Queen Consort, but no. Queen. Yeah, I don't think she would have. Um, and I will say, like, I don't think she was easy to live with at times either. She did not have good mental health. Mm -hmm. They, she did not. I don't think she was as perfect 
you know, everybody puts her up on quite a pedestal. Um, you know, but I don't think she was perfect. I don't think she was easy to live with. She put a lot of, um, you know, she, she model, model coddled Harry, like model coddled him. And William was her confidant. Like she told him things after the divorce that no mother should ever tell her son. Mm -hmm. Like that was her go-to. That was her counselor was her son. So inappropriate. Um, mm -hmm. And she was highly suicidal and she was um, just a mentally unwell woman. I think probably going into the marriage probably didn't have the greatest mental health and then everything else exasperated it. So no, definitely not her, her as a queen. No, not as she was for no. sure. No, like they, well, they love, you know, obviously she's a martyr now. So once you're a martyr, it's like, it doesn't matter what you did in your life. You can't almost even talk about it. No. Um, I love Diana. I loved her fashion. I loved her as a person. You know, she was beautiful. She was, I love her in tiaras, just like I like Kate in tiaras too. You I know. know, I love it. <laughs> I love Kate. I've always loved Kate. I love Kate. Yeah, I love her. Yeah. And okay, let's talk about the baby brain comment. It really irks me. It does. I can't believe he actually put that in the book. Like, yeah. that's such a bad look. It is. It really, really is. Because I mean, postpartum, you're not, I think, um, Georgia's only like three weeks old. I think she's only about three weeks postpartum when they had the wedding. Um, mm -hmm. and it's a thing like baby brain is a thing. You're not getting enough sleep. Even with nannies and stuff, you're still not getting enough sleep. You're recovering. Kate has horrendous pregnancies. Uh, she throws up for nine months, like horrendous pregnancies. Um, so she's not that strong going into having her babies and what a just ignorant comment to make. And then to reiterate it in your book, you know, even, yeah. if, she did, even if she did say something sharp to, to Megan, maybe she did. I don't know. But even if she did, like, what do you got to drudge that up and then blame it on the baby brain and then make the baby brain comment? Like just such, so disrespectful considering how much love Catherine gave Harry. Mm -hmm. Like so much love, like so much to say something like that in your book. Well, it was honestly made Megan and Harry look bad. Like mm -hmm. a lot of it, I found, I was like the Megan stands, the Meg stands, I call them. Um, <laughs> they will always die hard, die hard like them. Like, I don't know if you see the account on TikTok, matter of fact or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She, like, she will literally trash Kate to no mm -hmm. extent. And then when it comes to Megan, like mm -hmm. in her eyes, she's an angel and I've yeah. had to, I just have to skip her videos because I, I just can't with that. Me too. And, I just, you know, and they'll say like, oh, like, you know, it's no big deal that like Kate was told that she had baby brain. And I'm like, I am not a mother, but I can tell you <laughs> if deal. someone said that to me, <laughs> yeah. I'd probably go to jail yeah, it's a big or deal. like violent assault, you know, it's a big deal. It's hurtful. It's a hurtful thing to hear. Um, especially from somebody like, it's one thing if you have a friend or something and that's like, and you know, saying, Hey girl, you got a little baby brain going on today. Like, and it's a good trusted person in your crowd. Um, I don't think that's the case with, I don't think it was even before they left the case with, with Catherine and Megan and to be like, Oh my gosh, like it was all about the bridesmaids dresses, which is so ridiculous because Megan's dress didn't fit her properly either. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
girl can't fit anything. Um, it's just such a, it's just a disrespectful comment. And then it's reiterated in the book. Like there's just little digs like that, that are coming that are just so disrespectful and so unnecessary. It's like, why do you gotta, why do you gotta do that? Like you're out, you're three years out. You've made your hundreds Mm -hmm. of millions of dollars. Go live your life. I don't think they can. No, I don't either. I don't think Harry knows how to have a quiet life. Like everybody's like, oh, Harry just wanted to be able to go shopping and go for coffee and like just hang out and do normal things. It's like, but you understand he, he never did that. He's never done that. His whole life has been Prince Harry, Prince Harry, Prince Harry and cameras and, you know, tons Mm -hmm. of attention on him. And, oh my God, you're so wonderful. And getting away with so much in life, you know, and having handlers to come up behind you and sweep up the mess and stuff like that. He doesn't know how to live a quiet life. No. And because he's such a victim Mm -hmm. and honestly, like I will put a lot more blame on Harry than I do on Megan because Megan has shown her true colors from the very Mm -hmm. beginning hair. Sorry. Megan is an opportunist 101. Okay. She's, she used to be a yacht girl. She was a suitcase girl. You know, she was on suits. She, she did a lot of interesting stuff that I wouldn't personally do for fame. Um, so she was always an opportunist and we all knew going in, like I was hoping it was a love story because I was naive, but mm. at the same time, you could tell her engagement interview, it was all acting. You know, if you watch suits, you knew she was yeah. acting and yep. she was an opportunist. So I wasn't surprised when she left the royal family. I was like, okay, like hopefully like you have a good life. And then they started coming out with all the Oprah interviews. And the thing that shocked me was that I never thought Harry was a victim mm. until the Oprah interview. And then I realized, oh my God, this man, this man baby <laughs> is yeah. big time yes. a victim. And he just screams like man child, like victim energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly don't think he's that upset about his mother's death. I think he uses it as a way to get away with everything. I agree. I agree. I think that's his scapegoat when anybody questions him. Oh, my mom passed away. I was little. I had to walk. And I'm not saying like walking behind the whole procession thing behind caskets and stuff like that. I think that that is an archaic behavior. And I think that I hope the newer, younger Royal family addresses that. Cause I think it's an archaic behavior to make people do that, um, mm-hmm. as children. But I mean, it's not the only culture that does that. Like there are other cultures and organizations that children are involved in the funeral process when a loved one passes away. And it's like, you're 40, mm-hmm. grow up, stop it. <laughs> like you're 40. Stop it. You're not 15 anymore playing pranks at Eden. You're not 21 anymore drinking and drugging and carrying on. Like, you're 40. You've supposedly done therapy. You've found the love of your life. Like, you've left the royal family. Get over yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just don't for a second think. You don't think William doesn't have some dark days? Of course he has some dark days. Like, my God, it was his mother, too. You know, his mom, too. And now he has to relive, like, you know, William specifically said, I don't want the Martin Bashir interview to ever air again. And what did Harry do? He put in the Netflix documentary. Yeah. Like, so William, I just, I feel bad for the guy. Mm -hmm. Like, and then he's trying, like the whole book, 
for those of my listeners who want, um, is basically who haven't read it <laughs> or listened to it <laughs> as we have, but, um, it's basically Harry trying to justify saying William is not like Diana. The whole thing yeah. is about William or Harry's jealousy of William's because William isn't just like, he doesn't just look like Diana. Mm. He also acts like Diana. Like he has her mannerisms. He has, you know, her shy smile that is famous. He does like, he does that. And I, I think he just does it like, you know, it's it's just one of his mannerisms. He doesn't like plan it out and like Megan does, you know. When they um, were growing up and when William started to lose his hair, um, everybody started to compare him more to Charles. And oh, he's like Charles, he's like Charles, he's like Charles. And it's like over the last few years, I I agree with you. I think he is nothing. He is like his dad. His dad has some good qualities too. Nobody wants to admit that, but he does. Um and he's got some of his dad's good qualities, but he's got a lot of his mom in him, but he's got her good qualities. He's got her loving the charity work, loving children, loving the mental, you know, he's taken her mental health struggles and utilized, you know, utilize that to like start um, with the Royal Foundation and stuff like that and, and start these projects and stuff like that around mental health. And then just, um, and then he found himself a wife who, and Harry talks about this. He's like, Oh, my brother found a wife that would fit the mold of the royal family. Well, of course, he is going to be the king one day. He can't marry somebody like Meghan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He has to marry a Catherine. And him and Catherine were together a really long time. <laughs> she was weighty Katie, like, really long time before they were married because he wanted to make damn sure that she understood where her life was going to go. Yeah. And I think that, honestly, I think, a lot of people say, oh, it's a loveless marriage. I see the pictures. I think there's genuine love there. It's just that they've been married for 10 years. You're not like Harry and Meghan, like touching each other every two seconds when you've been married, but they've been living together for 20 years. So they've been technically married for 20 years. Once you're like past five years, you start, you stop touching yourself all the time. And, and also Harry and Meghan do it for show. Like they don't do it for love i don't think i think it's just like oh the media's here like let's like just like start making out on camera you know um and the other thing too like william and, and kate understand is like the whole pda thing it's like when they're at work you're at work you know if you're at a royal function if you're at a presentation if you're doing something that is a royal duty you're not clutching each other and hugging and squeezing on each other because you're at work it's like any other company would say to a married couple working in the same company, stop touching each other at work. You're making everybody around you uncomfortable. Smart up. Don't do that. We don't do that here. Do that at home. <laughs> do that on your own time. It's the same thing for them. You just happen to be married to your coworker. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. And I've seen, I don't know if you watched any of the Earthshot Awards in Boston mm. this year. Kate in her magnificent green dress. My God. Um, but there are definitely some moments of PDA within that. Um, there is one moment where she actually reached out and she actually was going to grab, hold his hand. And then she reeled it back in. Cause she was like, Oh, can't do that here. <laughs> she reeled it back <laughs> in. Um, but there's a couple moments where she actually looks nervous. I think she was nervous going to the U S because of everything that's going on right now. And I, I honestly don't know if they knew what 
the reception was going to be like in the U.S. Um, and there is a couple moments where she is nervous. And he just, he has a way about him. And I've seen him do it before where he just puts his hand on the small of her back. That's all he's got to do. And you'll watch her sort of go from this very, she can be very staunch and stiff sometimes. And she, you'll actually see her relax. You'll see her mm-hmm. kind of come down. He did that a few times during the earth shots. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't, like, I just looked at the pictures because I like mm-hmm. the fashion. That's why mm-hmm. I like the royals. I like right? the fashion. I like the queen's fashion, like, the when bomb. she was younger. You know, she like. gorgeous. Oh, my God. Like, when you look at her mm-hmm. in her, yeah. Like, gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, what happened with her kids, because, like, both her mm-hmm. and Philip were really, like, be- like beautiful people, and then those four <laughs> came out. Like, Anne was okay. Anne was beautiful, I think, um, and she's aging well, but, like, yeah. Charles, Andrew, and I think Edward was good-looking, too, when he was younger. He's just yeah. bald now, so. Yeah, the, the boys were not, uh, yeah, yeah. Just and I never thought Charles was good looking, even in his younger years. I never was a Charles or Andrew person. I thought Edward was the better looking of the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, you're right. Like, I don't know what happened there because oh, yeah, like the queen was stunning. Uh, mm-hmm. and so was her husband. Like, my god, he was a good looking guy. Like, and they were old, they aged well, <laughs> they literally did. And I think that. It's the last couple we're actually going to see from, like, start mm. to life to end that actually, like, aged naturally. Yeah. I guess Camilla and Charles, but, like, they don't really count. Mm. I, I don't even regard them. I don't find Camilla a good-looking woman. I think she's done a good job of stepping up, and I think that Charles has always been way happier with her than he ever was with Diana. Um, and I think she's happy with him. I've never found her to be a good-looking woman at all. Like, she's just... No, she dresses nice. They all do, but mm-hmm. no, no. <laughs> yeah, she she has an interesting style, but yeah. yeah. It, the yeah. thing is, like, we're always looking at her beside Kate. Mm-hmm. Like, Kate is always, she's always near Camilla, and it's yeah. like you you can't compare the two. Like, <laughs> you know, like Camilla. I think Camilla looks good in her older age. I think she's aged better. In her younger age, like, when she was younger, yeah. like, before she was married to Charles. Eh, but, like, I, I think she looks she looks good now. But mm-hmm. the queen, like, aged, you can tell, oh, like, you know, like the 50s line. was, yeah, like, the 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. 70s, 80s. And then somehow, like, at the late 90s, her hair turned fully white. Yeah. Which she was probably dying in, but... Um, and then, right. you know, she just like became this sweet old lady. Like I even cried at her funeral. Oh, <laughs> I was devastated. I was bawling. <laughs> I was devastated. It's like, no, not the queen. She was amazing. Yeah. She, to me, she was like, it, this is one thing. And I made a video about this, about talking about, you know, Megan talking about being a feminist and stuff like that. And I thought, here you are dissing the queen who, in my opinion, is one of the premier feminists of all time. Like Mm -hmm. she was one of the few female monarchs. There've been very few female monarchs because typically it goes down to the men. It doesn't go to the women. They'll, they, you know, back in the day, you know, 500 years ago, you skipped women to hit the the sun. You wouldn't, if the firstborn was a girl, you were like, oh, well, she's a throwaway. Have another kid because it better be a boy. 
Um, so she was one of the few female monarchs. Um, she was a mechanic in the British military um, during the World War. She just made so many changes. And one of the things that impressed me so much was when Catherine was pregnant with um, her first pregnancy, everybody was in a panic about what happens if it's a girl? What happens if it's a girl? And the queen is like, then she'll be first in line to be the queen one day. Why are we having this conversation? Like she shut that conversation down. She's like, if Catherine has a girl first time around, then that girl will be in the line of succession. And we will go from me to a king, to a king, to another queen. Like, why are we having this conversation? Yeah. And that to me is pure feminism right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> Megan's brand of feminism is not actual feminism, you know? No, no. No, I call, but, I I have a term for Megan's brand of feminism, and it's not. It's sometimes a popular one. It's not always a popular one with the Megan lovers, but uh, it's it is a term. It is a legit term, and it's. I always say Megan has pussy power. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> but true. It's, yeah, it's just the ability of using your feminine wiles, um, whether that's look or attitude or your feminine ways, to get what you want from men. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. The queen, yeah. I, like, the reason why I love the queen, I mean, aside from her fashion, it's her stoic duty. Like, she, mm -hmm. the queen is the type of woman that would have been happy being a naval officer's wife. Yes. She loved yeah. being a naval officer's wife. She didn't want to be a queen. Yeah. And, you know, she would have been... A woman like she's not a woman who would have had a career if she wasn't queen she would have been at home cooking stuff for her husband like you know and and then she became queen at such a young age and she was hoping that her dad would live a long time and she'd become queen in her older days yeah she was young holy hell like she was young Oh, yeah, yeah. Her coronation. What was she? 20, 19, 20. Yeah. She was young. 25, 25. Okay. On a coronation. Yeah. yeah. And Philip was another one. They talk about, um, Harry went on a thing about, oh, they don't, nobody marries for love in the Royal family. Me and Megan are it. Um, so Philip and the queen, they actually, her family didn't like him. <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. Her family didn't want her marrying him. They didn't like him. They, yeah. Nope. Nope, she had to get special permission to marry him. Like, they didn't like him. Yeah, like, and the public <laughs> didn't like him either. No, no, nobody liked him. The queen was the only one that liked him when they got married. Like, yeah, you know, and they were married. I mean, they were happy. They loved each other. You could see it. You could see it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that. Even in the... No, go ahead. Oh, you, you can see it when Philip passed away. Like, you can see her sitting in the chapel. It was a heartbreaking picture seeing her sitting in the chapel by herself. And I just thought I, I to myself, I said, she's, she's not going to be with us much longer. Like, I was hoping she make it to the Jubilee, which she did, mm -hmm. which is kind of sad that we couldn't see her more because mm -hmm. she looks so cute. <laughs> you know, know, she had these like cute green outfits. I know. Um, it's really cute. And that last balcony scene, I remember I was watching it live and I, I like started tearing up because I was like, this is the last time we're going to see her on the balcony. Yeah. And it was, I, and I feel like a lot of people felt like that mm -hmm. where they knew that this would be the last 
time and we didn't really see her after that no no and there's actually a video of her and she's going from her car into a building and um you see her walking slowly and you see her looking behind her a couple of times because she always used to check to make sure that philip was behind her and you see her looking behind her and i was like i saw that video and i was like Like, yeah. So, I mean, no, they loved each other. And you look at, you look at William and and Catherine, I mean, there's love there. It's, it's, you know, and you see them in their off time when they're together and stuff like that too, like on holidays or doing stuff with their children. And you see the love is there. My God, Harry is so full of it. Like when it comes to that one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I wanted to touch on the Taliban comments because Mm -hmm. I know that you are, or you used to be in or you at least did your basic training. Um, yeah, with- <laughs> I did five years. And my, yeah, and my husband did 20. Like, we come from a long line. Both of us come from a long line of yeah, people who serve. Yeah, the whole, the kill list. <laughs> and talking about that. Um, yeah, I know the Taliban have certainly said what they think of it. They posted online and said what they think of it. Um, do I think there's necessarily a, 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 a quick coming... Um, risk factor to the u.s to the uk i i don't think that that at any time soon and i don't think that harry is under any further threat i was more concerned when i saw that comment come up when i saw him in in that and it went viral very quickly i had a lot more concern for there are still um there's not troops over there anymore that i'm aware of but there's still there's people that live there there's actually americans there's expats that live there that, mm-hmm. that did, you know, tours there, that did time there, that actually fell in love with the country and they stayed. They went back to the U.S. and, you know, did their thing and, and went back and lived there. I was more concerned for them because I mm-hmm. thought if anything is going to happen anytime soon, it's going to be to anybody living in Afghanistan who's associated with the Brits or the U.S. or any of the forces that had been in there. And it just, it's, you know, within the U.K. and, and Harry under risk of what? Like... So I think the Taliban's going to send somebody over and hurt him. Now they're reading his book, laughing at him. Like, <laughs> I'm sure they are. They are. They're reading his book going, what is this? Like a todger? <laughs> what is with your obsession with your mother? Like they're, I don't think they're taking him seriously. I just think it's so ridiculous and offensive that he would pop that number in there and then talk about you know, his time over there, just the way he went about doing it and talking about chess pieces. And that actually was more powerful to me than the little threats that they put out on Instagram and out on social media was just that these weren't chess pieces. These were families. These were, these were men with families to go home to. These weren't chess pieces. Um, and that's something that we forget about in combat is like the enemy has families too. The enemy are still people. They're just doing what they're told to do. They're doing what they've been raised to do. Uh, you're the invader, <laughs> not them. You're the invader. Um, and we don't have to agree with what the Taliban's done in that country. I certainly don't. But at the same time, I mean, using chess pieces is what he obviously used to cope with what he was doing or saw over there. You don't talk about that shit when you get off the plane at home. Like, you lock it in a box <laughs> and you put it away. And if you need to go to therapy yeah. for it, you can talk to your therapist about that stuff. You can talk to your buddies about that stuff. But the general public, you don't put that out there for general consumption. 
because the general public doesn't understand. They don't get it. Mm-hmm. And so you get this backlash, you know, even though yeah. it's a very calming coping skill for somebody to dehumanize when they're in, in combat and just shoot back. Cause that's what you have to do. You don't talk about it to the general public. Mm-hmm. And you know, like what I thought, it? like, I don't think there's a risk to Harry mm-hmm. specifically. Like he should probably get more security. He should probably spend the whole amount on his book on security just in case. But what I think is they will use, like the Taliban will, will, and I can see this happening in the next like five years, will use Harry's book as an excuse to unalive a citizen of the, like of Britain. Yeah. And like I put, I put on Twitter when this, I first saw that I was like, I would not be surprised and I hope it doesn't happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if in a few months, a few years, you hear of someone dying because of Harry's book and they're going to say it's because it's revenge. Yeah. Well, there's expats that are living over there. Like there are Americans and British citizens that live over there. Like Mm. absolutely. That run businesses that, that, you know, have moved their families over there for whatever reason, like a hundred percent. Like just, yeah. I think it'll be something yeah. small and symbolic. I don't know that it'll be a large, big, huge thing. God, I hope not. But I think it'll be small and symbolic. And that's exactly, they're just going to go turn to page, you know, blah, 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 Harry's memoir. And there it is. And this is why we did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I just couldn't believe he said that because yeah. I wouldn't even tell you like how many animals I've killed Jesus, uh, no, in a why, book, you know, why, why would you do that? Like, like, especially people like, again, mm-hmm. it was crazy how he actually succeeded in making the Taliban look humane for the first time in 20 years. <sighs> well, and like, even like, you know, as healthcare workers, we, we see things that aren't pleasant. Any, anybody who's worked in a hospital sees things that aren't pleasant, deals with clients that aren't pleasant. Like we all do things. In between, like within us as healthcare workers, we'll make jokes and we have a a very black, dark sense of humor. God help us. Um, And we have our coping mechanisms and we have things sometimes that we have to do to deal with things we've heard or seen or whatever in our jobs. It's not for public consumption. You know, we talk about it amongst ourselves. I know lots of individuals in my field that have their own therapists to help them process, you know, some of that stuff that they have to take in from their clients and their jobs. Um, we don't talk about it with our families. My, I don't talk a lot about my job with my families. I talk about the funny, silly little things that happen in my day, but I don't tell them everything. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't, I certainly, there's some things that I've had to deal with that I would never, I would never put out for public consumption ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it's, I can't with Harry, like it's so sad that it's gotten to this. So mm-hmm. what do you, Oh, I wanted to talk about the dog bull fight. Cause I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> he broke my necklace. Oh my God. What Honestly, like, I feel like I'm speaking with for everyone here. Wills, if you're watching my podcast, one of the 30 listeners that watch my podcast, if you could like, put a GoPro somewhere and then just 
yes. go at it again, Please we would love it. it. <laughs> I would pay money oh, no. to see that. I'm Team Wills. Do they make a hoodie for that? Um, I'll buy one. <laughs> <laughs> Team Wills. You should make merch with like, oh, like put like Wills on and a like hair or something, right? <laughs> oh my god, it'd be so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I think he was trying to to put it across as, again, the victim. I'm the victim. I'm the victim. Me, 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 me. I'm the victim. Um, And it's like my big, mean brother beat me up. Get over it. Like, get over yourself. You should have hit him back. Like, what's wrong with you? You know, and he was insulting my wife, and he was insulting what my wife had to say. Well, then maybe you should have been the one to punch him in the mouth. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he's calling down your your partner, and you're the one that winds up in the dog dish? What? <laughs> I mean, there is a, definitely a missing piece, but I thought that part was really interesting because, as we know, Meghan Markle has been accused quite a bit from palace staff of bullying, mm-hmm. and... Apparently, he was calling her rude and abrasive, which was really funny to me that Harry was like, well, it's the media. But I thought Wills was leaking to the media. It doesn't make any sense here. Like, your story isn't adding up. And I think he was probably pissed off that his staff were were coming to him and being like, this girl's bullying me. Like, Mm -hmm. it's unacceptable. And I can see it happening. Like, a lot of celebrities that pretend to be nice do it, right? Wow, look at at Ellen. Look at Ellen's Dejaris. I know, her fallback was literally the best. (laughs) I mean, I I loved it. I was like, get her, like, get her. I'm not for cancel culture, but when it came to Ellen, I was like, I was cheering it. Like, so, I mean, if somebody who was as as famous and loved as Ellen was, like, clearly accused and even there's been since other stars that have appeared on her show that came out and said oh yeah she was all about humiliating you if you went on her show she was all about embarrassing you she wanted to laugh like you know what i mean and so is it hard to believe that megan could behave like that it's not hard to believe and when you look at their staff turnover rate at archie well and you look at the staff turnover rate when they were at the palace it's huge and i mean Mm -hmm. it's not to say like there is some staff turnover rate in those kinds of roles but i mean Theirs is exceptionally large, mm-hmm. which tells which which says something for the working environment. Um, and so, yeah, like he was just saying, tell your wife to take her down a notch. And I remember reading the very first story I think I remember reading was that her palace staff was frustrated with her because she sends emails out at like four o'clock in the morning. She's a very early riser, apparently, and she'd be sending out emails at 4 a.m. with to do lists for staff. And they're like, it's 4 a.m. I don't I don't start work till 830. And like a palace staffer, believe it or not, they don't make good money. People that work in Buckingham Palace, people who are aides to the royal family, like it is not a high paying job. Like you can make more money out on the street. They do it because they love the royal family. They do Mm -hmm. it for the privilege of saying, I go to work at Buckingham Palace every day. They're not doing it for the paycheck. Like, and it's a process to get into those jobs. Like the security screenings are insane. The interview process is crazy. Like there's personality tests that are taken to make sure that you're not going to be a problem. Like it's an, it's a, because it looks good on your resume. If you can do that for 10 years, you know, work as an assistant in the palace for 10 years, you've got any job you want in the outside world and you're pulling in 
a lot more. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising that he would come in and say, "Oh, you need to you need to take it down a notch." Like these these people, they don't come to work till eight thirty. They're not going to respond to your email at four thirty in the morning. They're in bed. And I remember reading that and just thinking, like, "Wow!" Like, there's lots of bosses that will put stuff out at weird hours. I've certainly done it in management positions just because a thought comes to me, or I'm just grinding some work out late. But I mean, my staff know. I'm like, "You don't start till eight. I don't want to see a reply." <laughs> If I see a reply to my email that I've sent you at 1130 at night, I'm going to give you shit in the morning because you should be in bed. <laughs> I'm yeah. the manager. You're not like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, exactly. I yeah. I'm just doing it because I have a moment and I thought about it and I'm sending it out. Like, so yeah, the whole fight over, you know, tell her to take it down a notch. Absolutely. Absolutely. And him just getting all hyper, hyperventilating over, oh, you're offending my wife and you're being mean and you're doing this and you're doing that. Oh, give over. Like, grow up. Grow up. Yeah. It was, um, well, it was interesting you put it in the book in that way. Because, Mm -hmm. first of all, the dog bull fight made him look, like, really stupid, which was really funny. Like, I was laughing. Mm -hmm. I was, like, thoroughly entertained by that. But then... But then he's like, he called Megan rude and abrasive. So I'm like, okay, so if Will's think that Megan is Will uh, rude and abrasive, like, obviously she is. Like, she must be. She, like, lived near near her for, like, a couple years, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, no, I, I believe it. I believe that piece of it. And I just think, like, what a ridiculous thing. You know, you're trying to make your brother look like a jerk when you just look like an idiot because you let your brother shove you into a dog dish. <laughs> yeah and it's honestly the funny it, it is funny like it, it's just yeah it's just you look like a fool like if like my sister started writing books about how i threw her in a wall or i threw her on the ground or she was pin- like it you know i know like give me Can a you break like, oh i know it, it it's just so stupid. That one, I was just like, how, what? How ridiculous. Like, why would you say that? Why would you put that in your book? Yeah, exactly. And it's... Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> so I feel like we've... Oh, I wanted to kind of put in one more thing. Yeah. Um, the Megan and Wallace comparisons. Yeah. I don't know if you've really... Yeah. I haven't dived too deep into that rabbit hole, but it's it's definitely there. I mean, she was the same thing. The American actress that came in and really, I mean, he was, you know, he was supposed to be the king. Um, he was the king. He was the king. You know, and she just yeah. kind of came in and he abdicated his throne for her. And mm-hmm. uh, it is said that he was very unhappy after... Um, he left England and after he moved to the U S that he was actually quite unhappy. Yeah. He had, he had some regrets and that he just, you know, you see him in pictures and stuff like that. And he just never looked happy again. Um, and she kind of got her way and got what she wanted from it. And I don't think though there's comparisons and maybe Megan thought she'd, she'd be like Wallace, but I don't think she was out smashing and bashing the Royal family like Megan is. She was, what I think is interesting, let me just share something Mm -hmm. um, for a moment. Yeah, yeah. She dresses a lot like 
Mm -hmm. Megan, uh, like Wallace, like look at this dress. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. they're like the collar, and I would say it's a lot better fitted on Wallace than it is on Megan. But yep. <laughs> like the same belt, the same dress, the same length. Like if you look at it, it's the same dress. Like what is she trying to accomplish here? Like is she trying to like draw comparisons yeah. to Wallace? on purpose or is it like coincidence? I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it is because if you ever take a look at how she speaks, the quotes that she uses, the way that she dresses, like she does not, since being with Harry, she does not have an original sense of Megan. There's mm -hmm. no originality to Megan. Like she personifies other people's dressing the way she carries herself, the way she talks, the quotes she uses. Like, she really, yeah, like she's got her little narrative and her little mask and her little role that she's in. And it's just very, yeah. I know, I saw that picture, and it's true, the white dress. And, I mean, beautiful dress. You're right, it looks better on Wallace. Um, <laughs> Megan doesn't wear clothing that fits. I can't wrap my head around that, but it's a thing with her. But, um, no, I agree. I think... Yeah, I haven't dived too far down that rabbit hole, but I will say that I think Wallace did a much better job of getting him out of there and a much more peaceful job. Um, mm -hmm. It wasn't the smash and bash and let's make a ton of money on it because they could have. I mean, he abdicated his flipping throne for her. Like, that's a, that's a big thing, you know? Um, and yeah. they led... They led a very privileged life in the States and they were supremely ridiculously wealthy and invited to all the parties and all the fun stuff. And they did all of that stuff, but they weren't shoving it back at the Royal family. Yeah. And the thing is they did write books, but mm. they wrote books after the queen was, so after the brother was, uh, had passed away and the queen mm. was now queen. Mm. It was like, well, after that they wrote books, but it was nothing like, it was nothing like um, like Harry did. And I can just imagine what no. Megan's memoir is going to be. Um, well, and I mean, he abdicated his throne, moved to a completely different country, different culture. Um, you know, th there would have been some struggles for him, for sure. I mean, it was a very different time and, and just it is a very different culture. I'm sure that Harry's had a culture shock. Like, you know, and I've said this before, like the, the U.S. culture and the English culture is very, very different. I'm sure Megan would have had a hard time over there sometimes too, just the cultural differences. Um, even as a Canadian, I mean, when we travel to the States, I travel to the States a lot for work. It's even mm -hmm. Canada to the U.S. is, there's a culture shift there. Um, there is. There is, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I'm sure that for him too, like, I mean, you know, Harry coming into the U.S., a huge culture shift. And California of all places, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, huge culture shift. So, yeah, I think she thinks that she's like Wallace because she's taken this royal out of his dreadful, horrible life. And look at me, and I'm the fat, look at beautiful, and I'm an actress too, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. But I think the actress in the dress is about as far as it goes. <laughs> well, the thing is, what's really interesting about the make, the make stands is that if you mention the comparison, mm. they're going to say like, well, Wallace was a Nazi. Are you comparing her to a Nazi? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. yeah, she was a Nazi, but there's also comparisons just because she was a Nazi doesn't mean 
that she would like that there shouldn't be any um any like comparisons made to her mm-hmm. we're like yeah, she was, <laughs> she was like they but. both were thank god that she abd- like she made him ab- abdicate the, tr- the throne but yeah oh, yeah no she was but i mean Again, though, very different time, too. There was a lot of Nazis in the United States. They were in, in Great Britain. They were all over the world because just a very different time. And, and it was, you know, the war was going on and people group think and they, they you know, they fall into one look at Trump. Like, who would have mm-hmm. thought in this day and age of the woke people, <laughs> like, Trump, you know? So it's yeah. very easy to see how Wallace could get caught up. And the whole Nazi thing and the whole parade and the whole, just like, it was such a big, I did a lot of studying on the Nazis and, and the war and stuff like that in university. And I mean, they had supporters all over the world, people you wouldn't even mm-hmm. think. It was fascinating. So, and nobody believed how that could happen until Trump. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I mean, look at, look at the Trudeau stands. Like they'll I, literally excuse, like, I feel like it's like that everywhere you know like we have people who we have like how many examples of communism and we still have people that Mm -hmm. are commies yeah you know so it's like (laughs) there's putin supporters that you know he's blowing up a country right now and there's putin supporters and they're dieharders like it just is what it's like you get that everywhere right and that's the funny thing is where i get with the with you know when i get people that put like hate mail on my videos and we were talking about this earlier like you know hateful comments it's like we're all entitled to an opinion you don't have to agree with me that's fine like i respect your opinion you respect my opinion even though i think Mm -hmm. some of them are a little bonkers but whatever um (laughs) you know like we can all have that but it's just everybody yeah different factions but yeah the wallace thing i mean i just i don't know what she's trying to be like because she doesn't know who she is like she doesn't have her own sense of identity she never has um you know even this whole i mean oh my god don't want to get into the race card but like just that whole piece of it too where it's like she never acknowledged nothing until it fit her agenda and it fit the narrative and then all of a sudden her mom's in there you know dad's out mom's in dad's out yeah yeah dad's out dad dad paid for the first how many years of my life got me into hollywood got me some acting roles okay dad's out now Mom, come on in. I need you. I need you here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And yeah. that's where, like, their whole wedding, like, you know, everybody bags on King Charles and stuff like that. And I'm like, he walked her down the aisle. She cut her dad out of the wedding. He walked her down the aisle. He offered to do that. He brought the choir in. He, you know, he, he brought that wonderful, um, it was a beautiful choir. It was a church choir that he mm-hmm. brought in. Completely different belief system. He didn't care. He just thought it would be a really nice addition to the wedding. I remember seeing some pictures of him with Dora and he was smiling and he was pleasant and he was polite with her and he was welcoming with her. And now he's big, bad King Charles. Yeah. And like Charles had such a big, like he chose the pastor, chose a choir. I still like will listen to the choir. I love that. Like that was such, so beautiful. Yeah. You know, it really did. It was beautiful, and and I can totally see King Charles being the one who coordinated it. Um, and then, yeah, they'll turn around and say, oh, there's a racist. Actually, there's no racist. We never called them racist. <laughs> no, we never called them racist. They never called them racist. 
<laughs> have you she noticed Oprah, Oprah has completely backpedaled? She's taken yeah, the interview. I've noticed. Yeah, she's pulled the interview from, like, it's hard to find it now. She's pulled it. She's slowly but surely scrubbing bits and pieces of that interview off the internet. And she's backpedaling. Well, it made her look like a bad reporter. 100%. You know, like, at, me as a podcaster, like, sometimes I have to push back on mm -hmm. people if I disagree with them, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, like, she just sat there and just like, whoa, like, it, yep. it was just really bad reporting. Yep. Like, I and think... She... Oh. Go ahead. And she did an interview where she talked about... Typically, she sits down with people that she's going to do like a, a more intimate interview like that with and kind of goes through things with them and says, like, this is how this might come across or this is how this might be perceived. Are you prepared for that? Are you sure that's the message you want to convey? And she said that she never actually met with Megan and Harry prior to her interview, um, that she just had some conversations with them and then went ahead with the interview. That's bad reporting, especially when you're bringing two high profile individuals in like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Bad reporting. Yeah, yeah. and I think it, it was on, on her. Like, she did a bad job reporting. I actually listened to the interview. I'm a paralegal, mm -hmm. and I'm really good at telling if people are liars. And I could just tell there's certain things. And this is when, actually, I used to be... I, I used to be a Megs then, you know, mm -hmm. like I used to be a fan of Megan's. I thought she was beautiful. Like I was happy Harry had found someone, but when she started coming out with the Netflix stuff and even when she left the Royal family, I was like, cool, you know, like have fun. Have fun. I'm going to miss your fashion and not really because it's not that well fitted, but no. you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just, I was a fan and then the Oprah interview came and my dad noticed he's like you used to be a fan of Megan's and I was like yeah I became a paralegal because of Megan like <laughs> my whole like profession oh, is because of Megan I did yes it's because oh. I watched Suits you watched Suits like it yeah. wasn't because like Megan was a paralegal it's because I I discovered mm -hmm. it through like Suits and then I became a paralegal cool but yeah like I was like I was a Megan fan until that Oprah interview and I was like I just can't shake that she's lying and I think a lot of us to start with didn't didn't mind her had nothing against her I know myself I remember thinking it the relationship moved quickly um mm -hmm. I remember when they announced their engagement and then they announced the wedding date was going to be I mean it wasn't even six months from engagement to wedding uh, and I remember thinking like, wow, that's really fast. Um, you know, and I remember thinking like, is it cause she's a little bit older and she wants to have kids. And I remember saying they're going to have kids very shortly after the wedding. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking like, maybe it's they're older and they want to have kids and blah, blah, blah. So they're moving on fast. But I remember thinking like, she's going to have a hell of an adjustment period. Like yeah. she is an American that comes with its own, <laughs> that's own things. Um, she is married to somebody who is an active working Royal and who does have a place within that system. And I just thought like, this is going to be a huge change. Like she's giving up her social media. She's going to be a lot more controlled. Um, she's going to have PR people and everything saying, Nope, you can't say that. Nope. You can't say that. But I thought, well, but you know what? She seems to like doing charity work, which she only started doing in 2016. 
when they were getting ready to meet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, maybe she'll be good for Harry. He picked her. This could be really good for him. Maybe that's what he needs. Hopefully her and Catherine get along. Then you can have the Fab Four. Um, yeah, it was pretty shortly after, yeah, pretty shortly after having Archie that I was like, mm, something's up there. For me, the, the cutoff point for me was when they came to Canada. Mm-hmm. And I remember they settled on Vancouver Island, and I thought, that's actually a great place to settle. Like, you can be super wealthy, you can be, there's pro athletes, there's Hollywood stars that live there, um, and you live a pretty quiet life. There's a little bit of paparazzi every now and then, but for the most part, you want to go to yoga, you want to go get groceries, you're left alone in that area of Vancouver Island. And then they were complaining and complaining and complaining. And then they moved to like Montecito. And I'm like, I wanted a quiet life. (laughs) So you flee Vancouver because you have like maybe four press people taking pictures of you on a hike, which whatever, get over it. And then they fled to Montecito. And I'm like, what? Like, you could live a very, you know, Harry left with, what, $35 million from his grandmother and the Queen Mother's, you know, trust fund. You buy mm-hmm. a beautiful home, on, beautiful home on Vancouver Island for a few million dollars and live out a very nice, quiet, comfortable life. No. no. Yeah. Like, when I saw they moved to California, I was like, really? Like, I mm. thought you, like, I thought they were going to settle on Canada actually and I thought they were going to do I thought they were going to do duties but live in Canada and I was like okay like that's cool like we'll take them um I guess we'll pay for their security I don't know um and then and then you know all of this stuff came out and the way that it came out the the announcement with no notice to the royal family they just put it out there and then stuff started leaking really weirdly, mm-hmm. and I think it was Harry and Meghan that was leaking all of it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just was so weird, the whole yeah. leaving. And then, of course, Netflix. And when we knew, when they signed for Netflix, well, I knew, I was like, these people? Yeah. yeah, that was it for me. When the announcement came out and Buckingham Palace said, you know, we were discussing this, we were talking about it, we were trying to figure it out, and then they threw that announcement out and we weren't quite thinking we were there yet. Um, I was like, oh, okay, that's not good. And then the whole Netflix deal, and I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Netflix? Mm-hmm. Um, and then watching the docuseries and seeing how much footage they had of themselves Mm -hmm. even when they were dating how much footage they had and i'm like and i i had wondered in my head i thought you know i bet you they've been planning this long time now this was coming this was conversations had i would say pre-wedding pre-wedding i definitely think megan had it in her head Mm -hmm. um and i think it'd be easy to pretend to take all like I think it'd be easy to take all the footage, especially if you're like an Instagram girl. Mm-hmm. What I thought was weird is not really the footage before they were married, like whatever, like I didn't, didn't need to see that, but okay. Saw it anyways. Mm-hmm. What was weird was the footage inside of Buckingham Palace mm-hmm. and the videos inside of Buckingham Palace. Yeah. That was pretty disgusting, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Like yeah. this is a thousand year old institution. This is a palace that's been on like built yeah. centuries ago. And there's a reason why the royal family is loved and it's because we don't know what's going on. And if you want to go in Buckingham Palace, you can go for a little tour. Yeah. And they had like pictures of them and not just pictures of them just randomly walking like her looking back and like posing and it was all so staged and at that moment when i watched that on the netflix documentary then i knew i was like they've been planning this for a long time and we've just been bamboozled yeah by them yeah i think she never i i, I stand by this i don't think she ever had any intention of being a working royal especially once she got in there and realized that she didn't even marry the spare he's like sixth in line at this point he's not even the spare he's third row on the balcony now like <laughs> like the time literally will come when william's children are old like really yeah he's third row on the balcony now and he always has been but like He's, he's third row. When William's children are old enough, like, he, he's delegated to the back aisles. And I think when she actually really realized that, holy crap, I don't get to stand at the front with Catherine, and I don't get to have the same designers as Catherine, and I don't get to do the same kind of events as Catherine. What do you mean I'm opening a community center? She's she's going to a dinner with presidents from another country. Why, why are we opening a community center? It's like, because he's sixth in line. <laughs> like, like that's it. That's all. That's what you're going to do. You're going to cut ribbons. Um, you know, when she couldn't get the apartment, they wanted an apartment in Buckingham palace. And the queen is like, no, I'm going to give you Frogmore cottage, which was a very endearing, loving gift. It's a beautiful old house. I was like, but I want an apartment, but I want to live next to Will and Kate. It's like, no, they live on the floor where the future King and queen live. Like, that's not you. You're, you're in Frogmore. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, free housing, by the way, in a housing crisis. <laughs> Um, and I think when she truly realized that that was how this was going to roll, she was done. That was it. Can we talk about not caught, not in game cottage? <laughs> it's free. I would live in a garden shed if it was free. <laughs> I would too. Like, oh my oh, God. And Will and Kate lived in that for two years. They I think they had George in there. Yeah. They lived there for two years before they were able to move into their apartments. Yeah. Like it's so <laughs> ridiculously entitled. Like <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, like, what are they trying to accomplish here? Like, are they trying to make us hate them? Because that's what I think is going on. Someone wants to make us hate them. Like. <laughs> She makes her house, she makes the place that she lived at in Toronto sound like it was some luxurious condo when, I mean, it was a nice home that she had in Toronto, but it was rented for her to her by her studio. It was a duplex. Like she lived in a mm -hmm. duplex in Toronto that she was renting. <laughs> like, like, you know, full of what looked like Ikea furniture. Like, I'm like, what, what is the, like, it's free. You were living mm -hmm. in a free house. Free. Yeah. Knowing that they were going to go into Frogmore, which is a beautiful, beautiful home. Like, who cares? It's quaint. It's cute. Yeah. It's your house together. Like, 
make memories, do your thing, and then move into the next step. Like just such entitlement. Oh my God, such entitlement there. Um, and really at this time right now in the UK with the cost of living crisis right now, like nobody wants to hear him complain about the free house that he was living in. Nobody. Nobody. It's <laughs> it's so ridiculously entitled mm-hmm. of them. Like, I would love to be given a cottage, like a nice cottage mm-hmm. like that. And the thing um, is, it's dripping in history. Right? Like, de-entitlement. Right? I don't, like, if I got to be in a freaking <laughs> garden shed that's been 200 years old beside Buckingham Palace, I would live there. Right. Like, I'd be like, hell yeah, like give, like it's dripping in history. This is a century, like centuries and centuries and centuries. Kings and queens have lived in there. I know it's, it's, you know, it's, I know I went to London. I've been, I've been to London and like, I spent an entire day just walking around the city, staring at churches and staring Mm -hmm. at like buildings and pubs that were built in like the 1700s and stuff like that, taking a thousand pictures of buildings because the history, the history behind it, like, is amazing. And I mean, Buckingham grounds is amazing. Like I said, a garden shed on those grounds would be an amazing experience. Like, you know, you're living for free. You're collecting your salary as a working royal, living for free. Um, like, oh, the entitlement. And that's the whole thing. Like, his book, everything, you really, the entitlement is just dripping from it. If you, if you wrung the pages of his book... The entitlement just drips, just drips right down. Like it's just the most inane thing I've ever seen. And then she, they even complain about, you know, Megan had to pay for her wedding dress and Megan, they had to pay for the wedding. Well, yeah, she wasn't a Royal. Kate had to pay for her wedding dress. Her parents paid for her wedding dress. Like you're not a Royal yet. You're not a working Royal yet. Your stuff is not paid for and it's not a Royal function. You have to pay for that stuff. So to have Harry pay for it. Hmm. Harry should have paid for it. Yeah, of course. He's a, and he could afford it. <laughs> yeah, and I could literally sew something that's nicer than that dress. Oh like, it I just know. makes her look really, like, I don't know. It just wasn't well fit. Like, it was a nice concept mm-hmm. of a dress, but it just needed, like, a little bit of snugging. Just a little bit of snugging, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. And, yeah, like it, and and people get mad at us for saying that it. A lot of her dresses, even the dress, the Wallace dress, like it wasn't mm-hmm. nicely fit. Okay. Like, you know, no. But I've, I haven't been yeah, able to figure just... out her whole fashion thing. She actually was well dressed when she was in suits. She was well dressed mm-hmm. and everything fit. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, it doesn't. It just terrible. And her fashion has really gotten worse. Like, I, there's some dresses that I like. Like, I like, I call them the rainbow dresses, you know, because she always complained that she uh, wore a lot of muted tones or whatever. And then she had, like, the rainbow dresses, and there was the green dress and the red dress and the blue dress. I thought those dresses were nice, but there's a lot of them, like the Jubilee dress that just didn't fit her. No. Her wedding dress. Like, if anything, I would have made sure that my wedding dress fit me properly. I know. I, 
I, I couldn't. I'm like, didn't you have a tailor? <laughs> you know, and brides lose weight. Like, it's not uncommon two weeks before a wedding for a bride to hop in her dress and go, oh, crap, you know, I've lost two pounds from stress or I've gained two pounds from stress. But I mean, she was in a financial position and a public position where she could get the tailor on speed dial and say, get in here and make some adjustments. I've dropped a yeah. little bit of weight. My dress is big on me. Can you get in here and cinch it in, please? Even mm -hmm. if they had to do temporary stitching the day of, like, and they do sometimes, they pull the dress up, cinch it in, you know, a couple quick stitches and put the dress back down. Like, it happens. Mm -hmm. You know, no. <laughs> you know, like, she had the tailor on call for the bridesmaids' dresses, apparently. Like, she couldn't get them up the line. She couldn't get him to cinch her waistline in. <laughs> Yeah, like, it just, that, the only thing, I like the concept of the dress, like, mm -hmm. I was a little bit disappointed, because, like, yeah. when you hear princess wedding, like, Eugenie's dress, honestly, if I yeah. could get a duplicate of that for my wedding, yeah. like, yeah, beautiful, I, it's, it was the best dress, it was better than Kate, Kate was on second, like, yeah, close yeah, second, amazing, but, yeah, but yeah, like, that dress, I was like, I don't know, when, I don't know. It just lack of coordination, I guess. Like it just. Yeah. And her hair, like she was sporting the messy bun thing. I'm like, it's your wedding. You can do better than a messy bun with your bangs hanging down. Like. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? I wasn't in love. I, mm. I mean, I have a personal issue with her slick buns. Mm. <laughs> like I hate that. <laughs> oh, I'm like, if I'm going to have to look at you, can you please not? Like, poof your hair up, please. Like, yeah. poof yeah. your hair out a little bit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, I actually preferred the second dress she wore, the dress that she wore to her reception. Okay. I, pre I preferred that dress to her wedding dress because it fit her. It fit. It, it did, actually. It did yeah. fit her. It fit. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got an odd figure. Like, I think she tried really hard to compete with Kate. And, I mean, Kate is three inches taller than her this big. Um, <laughs> and and that's not Megan. Like, Megan is a little bit shorter than Kate. She's a boxier kind of fit. She's got a more – she's got a great figure. She's got a more voluptuous figure. Like, it is what it is. Um, mm -hmm. And I just think when you're spending $200,000 on a gown for an event, can you please get it tailored? Yeah, yeah, especially, like, I like the concept again. Like, I like the fact that it was white with no mm -hmm. details. Like, I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. If she ditched a veil, I think it would have done, a, a, like, a world of a difference because mm -hmm. the pictures without, like, a veil looked great. Yeah. It just, if you're going to wear a fitted dress, you have to fit it. <laughs> you have to make sure that it fits and she does have a great figure like i would mm -hmm. if i had her figure i'd probably wear a similar style to her um like i'd probably be like kate and wear a princess dress because that's what is, looks best on me but you know you have to like fit it you have to tailor it and i think that that dress just wasn't no. worked on a lot i i don't think that it was no. worked on a lot no i agree <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. And the veil, big, big veil. Oof. She could have gone a little more simplistic, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like the veil. Like, I thought it was cute that she put, like, the Commonwealth flowers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, But I think she should have went like Eugenie. Like, I love Eugenie's dress, hair, tiara. Like, it looked great. I think yeah. Megan should have probably went a similar route where, like, she just ditched the veil. Yeah. It would have made her look better. Yeah. Like, it kind of just engulfed her. It did. Yeah, a, it did. In a way. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you think Harry and Megan are going to be in five years? <laughs> oh, when we get Memoir 2.0. Uh... <laughs> I don't, this, this is not lifelong by any stretch. She's not going to be with him until she's 97 years old. <laughs> That's not going to happen. If they, if they are together, they'll be, he'll be very unhappy. He'll be in a very bad place. I think if they are still together, if they are still together, it's only because he still serves a purpose for her. Yeah. Um, whether it just be that he's still milking in some income and doing his thing. Um, and she can sort of bilk some income from that as well. But I think when his novelty wears out, which I think is coming, and it's going to come a little quicker than anybody thought. I mean, mm-hmm. he'll be, I, I honestly think, even if it's a short term, that he will wind up back to his family. He doesn't have anywhere think, else to go. Yeah. I think so, I, too. Yeah. And I think that he will be kind of in the same boat as Andrew. So mm-hmm. kind of living off the grounds, walking the dogs, don't talk to nobody. Don't see nobody. You're not allowed in Buckingham Palace. You're not allowed to attend, you know, stuff unless we invite you. He will have a very minimalistic life. Um, but I think he's going to need to do that for a while because I think they're going to be scraping him up off the floor. Yeah. And she will find her new mark. She will find somebody new and she will produce a whole lot of memoirs. Probably another bloody docuseries on how horrific her life was with her crazy husband. Cause didn't you read his memoir? the things he made me do to smell like his mother like (laughs) but she's gonna use that i'm sure she will honestly like i wouldn't be surprised and i actually even heard that she had her eyes on elon musk Mm. which Mm. i i can't see that she'd be with i don't think elon would ever go with her because it's just not her archetype there's been a lot of speculation about tyler perry (laughs) tyler perry a lot of speculation about tyler perry I, I could see that. I could see mm-hmm. that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she, like, women, and, you know, I tell this to people all the time. I'm like, women, at the end of the day, like it or not, whether they're feminist, boss babes or not, like to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And Harry is just not doing that. No. No, he, he's not. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel bad for Megan in a way because he's so cringe. Like, he's so mm-hmm. cringe that I just... <laughs> can't like i listen to that and i literally want to start barfing right away (laughs) like i could never and i used to think harry was attractive Mm -hmm. and it made me like shift my view on Mm -hmm. harry because i'm like no not only is he no longer attractive at all in any capacity it's just it hearing his voice makes me genuinely want to like throw up you know like I know you're just like, bleh, bleh. 
Yeah, I think I think it'll be about five years. I think they've got maybe a couple more years together, and then I think as soon as she's got enough ammunition on him to have her own another book and and press releases and all of these things, I think he's out and she'll turf him. She'll turf him. Yeah. I don't think she's leaving her mansion in Montecito willingly. Like she's going to send him out the door, and he will. He'll have to go home. He'll have to go. He will have nowhere else to go. He's got no friends left. He's got no life left. He's got nothing. Like. Somebody will have to fly over and scrape him up and put him in a plane and take him home for a few years. I don't know that he would stay in England. I don't know if he wouldn't maybe go to Africa or do something like that eventually and get out. Mm -hmm. Um, And she'll move on. She'll just move on. And she'll milk that for as much as she can. I think the kids will be shoved in private school as soon as they're old enough to attend a private school and she doesn't have to deal with them. She'll do that. Because right now they're cute and they're easy. Oh, we pick eggs, and oh, we play in the garden, and oh, we do this and we do that. They're little, they're cute. When they start asking questions, you know, what do you mean my great-grandmother was the queen? What do you mean my grandfather was the king? What do you mean (laughs) my uncle is the king? And we weren't allowed to talk to them. You know what I mean? Like, they'll they'll ask questions. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. And And it'll be off to private school. And they're going to rebel, too. Like, if Harry rebelled, they, those two kids are probably, I, honestly, if I could predict the future, I, I would say that Lilibet and, and Archie are probably going to end up back in the royal family or at least start talking to their, to their cousins and their aunt and uncle. And I could see that. I could see them disowning their parents. They're going to have questions. They're going to have questions. Like, you know, even if they may, even if they think that they're, royal side of their family is evil and horrible, whatever that might be, they're going to have questions. And I mean, what these two forget is that everything's online now. Like nothing's deleted. Everything's Mm -hmm. online. You can only scrub so much. Like Megan's done a nice job of scrubbing a lot of her past, but I mean, there are stuff still trickles through, you know? Yeah. Like stuff still trickles through. Oh my God. Her freaking commercial that she made. Oh my Jesus. Like uh, on Reedman's, was it Reedman's? It was the barbecue one where she basically like strips down to nothing while she's barbecuing a burger. Like, <laughs> oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, girl, I'll find a clip and send it to you. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I will I see it now. <laughs> but I mean, this stuff is gonna trickle, and I mean, the kids are gonna get. And then, God, there's this book. Can you imagine your children reading that book? Like, can you imagine his kids reading that book? I mean, I was like, I was embarrassed for him. I can't imagine. This is why I think the kids will like inevitably, at least one of them will end up back in the royal family. And they might Mm -hmm. be like Zara and um, Peter, like you'll see them at events and stuff. And I think that they'll start talking to their cousins again because they don't have any family. Megan's like alienated her whole family. And Mm -hmm. then Harry's alienated her whole, his whole family. And I think that... Kate and William and the kids would, would take them back. The kids, they would take the kids, the kids back. Yeah. And, you know, I think that they're probably, my prediction for the future is I think Megan is going to run for Congress. And when that happens, mm-hmm. she's going to dump Harry. Yeah. And I think the kids will go back to the royal family. Yeah. Like once they're older. Once they're older. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. they're going to be put into private schools fairly young just to not have to deal with them. And uh, I think Harry will wind up back in England for a little while. And then as everybody ages and grows and matures, yeah, 
questions will start to be asked and what did you do? And yeah, dad, why did you write this book? <laughs> like, why do you talk about grandma? My grandmas? friends are laughing like, at me about your todger. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, never again. My Elizabeth Arden's going to sit in the cupboard and go bad. Oh, you no should way. just throw it out at this point. I know, I debated it. I'm like, I don't know if I could do this now. Then. <laughs> oh my God, it's just, it, it's crazy. I could go on and talk about Harry and Meghan for like another two hours. Maybe <laughs> for days. Days. Just can't be literally. Literally. I know. It's great. Yeah. So anyways, we should probably wrap it up. Um, so where can my followers find you? Uh, so as you know, at crazy healthcare worker, um, Mm -hmm. as well as, uh, I do have a backup now and it is just simply, um, at Cynthia Wilson Jr. on TikTok. And then on YouTube, I'm slowly but surely getting some stuff put together for there. And it's just, um, chin wagging with Cynthia on YouTube. So yeah. that's what I got right now. Yeah. And all of her links are going to be linked in the bio. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming.